I really redefined the word slut and made it a word and a term of endearment. I have redefined a word and made it a positive term to make people feel better about themselves. The word slut. Do I think that it will affect the sales? You damn right. People are going to buy it. (laughs) And people are going to buy it because it's authentic. It's real. It's raw. It's in your face. Sometimes you got to slap people in the face to get them to pay attention. What have you had to learn about leadership though? What I had to learn a lot about leadership and I'm still learning about leadership. I'm very impulsive. Sure. Right. So how I've grown this company is if I want something, I want it done right now. Go get it. Right. Like yeah. it needs to happen right now. But I realize as I grow the company and I have so many people in place, there's something called a chain of command. Mm-hmm. So I used to like skip past everybody. Like if I paid you to be everybody boss, <laughs> now I used to skip past everybody and tell that person directly. But what I was doing was I was undermining the person who was in charge. Mm-hmm. So I no longer do that anymore. Yeah. I follow the chain of command even as the CEO and the creator of this company. And if I keep coming and throwing monkey wrenches in their operation, it's just everything is always chaotic because people are always going to listen to the CEO before anybody else, right? So I now follow the chain of command, something that I took a long time to learn how to do, and I'm finally in a place where I've gotten a lot better with that. (laughs) So I'm proud of me. And when you have power, there are no limits. And when there are no limits, you can make impact. And that level of impact will change the course of how people think about the world and the things in and around the world. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. This young lady needs no introduction, man. She's a boss. She's no, nobody needs introduction. Yo, because for one, I don't even know if I can say just the founder of Slutty Vegan. Because you're doing a lot. Yeah, especially I was seeing, okay, she's building a restaurant, then she got another one, and then she's buying up half of Atlanta. And then I'm seeing her in, uh, I'm seeing you in, 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 in ads for major companies. Like I use this uh, platform community, the text. And every time I see it, I was like, that's pinky. And everywhere I go, it's that's pinky. That's pinky. That's pinky. Pinky Cole. (laughs) What's happening, man? I'm just happy to be here with you again. Again. I'm honored. I'm honored. It's like a really good deja vu. Oh my gosh. But things were different. Got a little older. Yeah, and uh, it's not two of us. No. <laughs> well, we both got uh, more kids, yes. and um, you got more zeros behind your name. Yeah, goodness gracious! How do you feel right now in the moment that you're at? Like looking back over. Now I know it didn't happen fast, but for when everyone know seeing you, like we're opening a restaurant, we got lines around the building. To now, people think it's like it happened quickly, but how do you feel? So I feel a lot of things <laughs> and we could be totally transparent yeah, here. Right. For sure. Um, well, first of all, people got to remind me that I raised twenty five million dollars and have a company valued at one hundred million dollars. People got to remind mm. me of that because I'm so clear and focused that like that sound good. Yes. Like, that's great. It's a big accomplishment. But all right, what's next? What are we doing? So mm. like I am not in the cloud so much. That like, I'm just, oh, I can rest and relax. No, now it's time to work harder, right? Mm. So people have to come and remind me of that. I also feel like more money, more problems. Really? Yeah. I want to get into that though. Because like what, other than, okay, employees. I got a whole bunch of new bills when I got a whole bunch more money. Explain it. More money, more problems. Mm -hmm. More money in the bank meant more bills to pay. I got more staff, I got more labor, I got more payroll, and I'm looking at like, 
bills. And I'm like, yeah. where did this come from? Like <laughs> the fact that I can afford to pay all of these bills yeah. just tells me that like when people get more money, they acquire more things and mm. you pay more bills and that's not always good. Yeah. So as an entrepreneur that is moving to the next level, when you ask me what I'm thinking about, yeah. I'm thinking about how to make sure that I keep all my goddamn money <laughs> because I got a lot of bills. Right, right. You know what I mean? As somebody that's coming up where you're getting these windfalls of money and a, like attention, you got these this windfall of people. And I'm sure you're taking huge meetings with all these different people. How do you not like I don't want to say lose yourself. But what are some things to keep in mind as all this stuff is coming your way? Because it, it, people think it's, oh, that would be the dream, but it's not always sweet. Well, I've been grounded for a very, very long time. Like how I was when I was 15 is the mm. same as I am right now. Like I've always been just real authentic. I, you take me how I am. Yeah. And whether I'm in the room with a billionaire or somebody that got $5 in their pocket, I'm the same person. Yeah. My energy is the same. And when I walk into a meeting, I'm not looking at the person for how much money they got into the account. I'm looking at the relationship that we could build together so that we both can get to the next level because I am just as much as an uh, of an asset to you as you are to me. Yeah. So this is no longer a one way street when I walk in those rooms. So it's not for me. It's not walking in the door like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to sit down with somebody. It's like, OK, they're about to sit down with me. Mm. You know what I mean? But it wasn't always that way, though, was it? It was always that way. Confidently, not cocky. Yeah. Right. I want to be very clear because I've always been sure of who I am. Even if I was flat broke, I've always been very yeah. confident. Even if I didn't know what I was talking about. I've always been very, very confident. Mm -hmm. And that level of confidence can get you in any single room. Yeah. Right. That level of confidence can get me at the board meeting. It can get me on the golf course. It can get me in the suite at the football game yeah. with all the right people because I am sure of myself. Man, how do you how do you develop it before you have it? Because quite honestly, uh, maybe this would be a a, a, a a therapy session for me. <laughs> but um I haven't always been super confident. And it's almost like the things that happen, I'm like, wow, this is happening to me. And I didn't think I was going to be here. What type of advice would you give me for that? Because I, I don't, I, things are happening, but I'm like, I still walk into a room with a major person. First time we interviewed you, I'm like, oh my gosh, Pink, I, I want to ask her the wrong question. Like, right. You know why I've always been confident? Because I've always been the underdog. Mm. And when I mean the underdog, I've always been the person, and most people won't talk about this, but I've always been the person that had to prove myself. Yeah. And as an adult, I don't know what I was proving, <laughs> right? But I was always proving that I was good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, funny enough. Like I had always had to prove myself as a child. So that level of confidence just really just instilled inside of me because I was always proven to who I don't know yeah. that like I could be all of these things. Now yeah. that is generational trauma, yeah. right? If you really start to unpack the layer, you realize mm. that I was proving those things because growing up, something had to transpire that made me feel less than for whatever reason. But I like to take a negative and turn it into a positive yeah. because that level of confidence made me, a master amount of success that I have today. Yeah. So my advice to you is, and I don't know if you've ever felt like the underdog in your life before. Yeah, all the time. Right. Yeah, to this day. <laughs> to this day, right? Yeah. And if you have the, if and when you have those moments, use it as motivation to rise above that insecurity and just take life by the balls. And that's exactly what I do. Even with all the success that I've gotten, 
I still feel like the underdog and I still feel like I got something to prove, but I'm not proving to anybody else. I'm proving to myself that I could be all the things that I want to be, that I can still be a big dreamer and execute that I can not only have money in a bank, but make an impact that I can like create products and change lives. Like that's my thought process now. So I've turned the negative to a positive and you could do the same thing too. I like that. I want to know how you've, had to mature with because with more stuff that comes more responsibility what areas have you had to mature in all of them (laughs) (laughs) i would imagine emotional control um, i am an emotional ceo like i am and i'm working on it right and i like to be so transparent now because well i've always been transparent but like especially podcasts because i don't ever want to sit here and be the person like I everything is sweet. That's a lie. Right. Mm -hmm. We go through ebbs and flows. We got speed bumps. I'm the entrepreneur. Some yesterday I cried. Mm. Right. Because I'm like, I'm tired today. Like today just don't feel good today. About what, though? What was is it just I'm some sort of emotional thing overtakes me? Or was there a specific thing that you're crying about and you couldn't figure it out? Or what was it? Sometimes it's just like you don't know what what you're crying about. I'm happy. Yeah. But specifically, my assistance was getting on my nerves, if you want to be honest. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, I'm a woman. So, like, yeah. my, my, I just had a baby four months ago, mm. right? So, hormonally, I'm all over the place sometimes. Mm. But I'm also a very emotional CEO because I did not create my business to make money. Yeah. I created it because it was a passion project for me. So, I'm passionate about it. So, when things, you know what gets me emotional? When somebody wrote an article about slutty vegan yesterday right. and this was the first time i think that's probably what the root of the problem was it was the first time that somebody wrote an article about slutty vegan where we didn't give rave reviews mm. so- it's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons and the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on npr's new collection Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today told from a unique black perspective from bobby smurda to the wire michelle obama to reparations there's no limit to the range of black stories black truths i listen and i'm enjoying these conversations that are for us by us black representation Again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir, turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR wherever you get podcasts. 
All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. That was shocking to me. It was a student article, right? Like, not a big reach, whatever. I got over it. But it triggered me differently because... Everybody always loves the brand, yeah. right? So when somebody didn't love the brand, it made me pay attention. Like, wait, what's wrong, right? Dang, you yo, understand what I'm saying? I, 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 I want to say something too real quick. Um, I can imagine people want the love, but when people don't love what people normally love, they take it hard. But if you've never been loved, a little bit of love, you you feel it more, but the hate, it's like, oh, I've been hated all my life. Yeah. So so the negative comments hurt you. Yes, it did. <laughs> and I looked up and I was crawling like, Pinky, get it together. What you talking about? <laughs> but I had to realize what you asked me in the beginning, how do I feel? I'm in transition. And it's a great transition. But guess what happens with transition? New levels, new devils, mm. right? As you elevate, there are going to be elements in that elevation that are going to look unfamiliar. I'm used to everybody loving Pinky. I'm used to everybody loving my brand. The level of elevation that I'm going to in that frequency, everybody going to love you. Mm. Every my, Everybody won't appreciate what you do for the community. Everybody won't say, oh, she's dope. But she, everybody won't say that. And I'm getting to a place where I'm learning how to embrace all of it yeah. and not pay attention to the things that I don't need to pay attention to because yeah. it's going to get me off of my focus. And mm. the focus of the exercise here is to be clear so that I can continue on this journey and break these generational patterns that have been created for me when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Goodness gracious. I, I, I know some people will label like a woman like you saying, yo, she's a strong, black, aggressive woman. But I want to say your husband's a strong black man because I can imagine. And I want to I want to ask you about this because you've had two children back to back. Back to back. My, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I've been I, I know how you feel. OK, because there's a certain level of um, emotion that comes with that. Right feelings and some days my wife will just 
she on me. And I don't know, and I can't figure out why, right? But I know it has to do with like pregnancy and you haven't slowed down as an entrepreneur. You're still building your business. How often do you have to keep yourself in check to say, oh, 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 that's not one of my employees. Oh, I, this is this the man that I love. That's funny. We just had that conversation. <laughs> it is not easy, mm-hmm. but it's so very worth it. Yeah. I am about to marry my best friend. Yeah. And I could tell him this because oh. we talk about this all the time. Like he's really a reflection of me. Right. So I'm sure that the person that you're with, like you love them. There's so many things that y'all have in common. But when I say we like Tia and Tamara, <laughs> except for he Tion and I'm Tamara, but like we literally are connected at the hip. Mm. Like the only thing that we don't do is use the bathroom together. We take <laughs> showers together. We There's oh, wow. a level of, and I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but like there's a level of codependency. Like I need him. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? I don't just want him. I need him. And I respect him so much that that level of protection may be translated into control sometimes Mm. on both sides. Right. I'm really talking like some relationship stuff here. So I have to check myself because I'm naturally just a strong personality. And so he so 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 is he. But what I realize is we need each other to the respect that like he fills me up. When my cup feels empty, he fills me up. And when when he feels empty, I get to fill fill him up. And when I don't have any peace in the world, I know that he's the only person in the world that will give me the peace that I need and vice versa. So, like, I really compartmentalize that and make sure that home is doing good. And sometimes I fall short, Mm -hmm. but I make sure that I do the very best that I can because that part of my life I need for my sanity. And what yeah. makes it even better is that we are in the same field of work. Yeah. So I don't have to like shut it off with him because he always talking about business. Just right. Like he can relate. Yeah. So we <laughs> coexist in the same world and it makes me feel good to know I got somebody by my side, but it definitely is work. Yeah. Hey, yes. just prepare yourself. Cause when you get on the podcast, man, ask you the same question. <laughs> I'd love to hear your answer too. Cause he seems more like more chill, more no, like, not. no, we ain't. Nah, he yes he is. No, he not. Yo, I've and I've I've run across him a bunch of times. He's the same chill like person. Chill. And every time I see you, you be turned. Like, yo, what's up? No, he turned too. You just ain't seen <laughs> the But he's definitely turned. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> Motherhood. Hard. Uh, hard. Yes. So there are a bunch there's a bunch of people out here that are making excuses because they're a mother. And I would love to hear what you have to say to that. Excuses like what? I mean, the fact that, okay, so my wife, she's at the crib and we have a daughter coming. I mean, she we have a daughter here and she's pregnant and she's taking care of the household and she got to deal with me and my stuff that I be having going on. It's hard. It's hard. My heart looks a little different than that. My heart is mom guilt because I work so much mm. and I got my village Like when I say I got a village, I got a village. So my mom guilt is, are my kids going to know me? And when I say know me, they see me every day, right? My kids see me every day when I'm home, but there's a different kind of connection when you are always around your children. I am not always around Mm. my children. And most people who are super busy like me won't have these kind of hard conversations, but it's the truth. So I have to really like weigh the odds. Like 
I'm working this hard now so that one day I could be butt naked on the beach with my kids. <laughs> okay. Drinking a Mai Tai. They drinking a coconut water. Right. Or I'm going to stay home with my kids. And will I still be successful? Yes. But the life that I want to create for them so that they don't have to struggle or say, mama, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Mama, you should. have. I don't want that for my children. Yeah. The life that I'm creating for them is a life that they will never have to want for anything yeah. that they can create their own future based on the foundation that I built. Yeah. But there's some guilt that comes with that because my supportive village always steps in and support, but I'm always on the road. I'm going on tour. I'm going to be gone for the whole month. So my kids got to fly in and come see me. And I want them to understand that mommy is present. And I have to learn how to get over that guilt. And I'm talking to a lot of CEO mompreneurs yeah. who are in the same position as me. You ain't got to feel guilty because what you're doing is you're working hard to provide and afford them a better life. And that's what I'm doing. So am I getting over that hump? Yes. Is it easy? Absolutely mm. not. <laughs> but the moments that I get to spend with my children, like they get all of me mm. and like, they get tired of me yeah. because they get all of me. Like I'm kissing everybody right, right, all right. day, every day. Um, but it's not easy, but it's so worth it. I, I love my babies. I would imagine um, like when, when you're there, you're present. Cause there are a lot of people that are around the kids all day, but you're not, pre you're not even present. You're there, but you're always on your phone. Cause your kids are always there. Did your kids increase your hustle? Like, okay. So I no, feel like that's a good question. I'm going to tell you why I know, because my hustle was already on a thousand. Right. I thought having kids was going to make me go harder. Yeah. No, like I've been going hard. Yeah. Like it just made me more consistent. Yeah. If anything, kids made me softer. Yeah. Like, I think, I, 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 think yeah. I lost, I think I lost some of my hustle because I just be wanting to be home. Really? And that is a, yeah. I mean, this is something I really struggle with. Do I go hard and like really build a dream so that later they'll be able to live this life that I want to design for them. Um, but I literally, I think my, my daughter being born made me somewhat lazy. Cause I'd be like, man, I'm going home. I'm not just <laughs> hanging out with my baby. Think of a number in your head. How much do you think it would cost for me, a pretty successful entrepreneur to coach you every single day to give you all of the game. I'm talking about every day for an entire year, Monday through Friday, I'm on, I'm on a, a virtual call teaching you how I've done the things that I've done and me updating you every single day in real time on all the business moves that I'm making, all the negotiations that I'm in, everything that I'm doing before I actually do it. How much you think? And let's say Monday through Friday, and then on Thursdays we do a Q&A where not only do you get a chance to ask your questions and get them answered, but you get to you get to hear the answer from a whole community, hundreds of other people on a call, and you get their answers that are going to help you too. What do you think? And once or twice a year, get together, free conference that we all get to come to and you get to meet all these people that you see virtually. How much do you think that would cost every single year? 10,000? Not even close. It would probably be closer to 100,000 because it's just, I don't, I, I, my, my time is valuable and to give you the sauce that's gonna help you make millions, I'd have to charge you at least 100,000. But what I've done 
has created a community where you get the advantage of learning how to become an entrepreneur. You get to network with hundreds of entrepreneurs every single day. You got a community that keeps you inspired and excited. You will read a book club with us every single day. You'll also have an event where we come together once or twice a year for free. We do all of that for $399 for the year. Go ask somebody. I've got receipts of things that I built over the last decade, okay? Uh, I am willing to coach you. $3.99 for the year. Listen, go to themorningmeetup.com or click the link in this video. Um, let's get back to the episode, but keep in mind, I want to coach you. Let's get started. Really? But I, I need some sort of, I don't know if I've, if I've balanced it yet, and will, I, will everything slow down because I'm spending more time here, and then maybe... Well, I, this is like my fear. Y'all not judging me, right? Am I yeah. thinking maybe I'll go back? What if everything starts crumbling because I'm not going hard and I got to go get another job Then I'm really away from my kids? I think we all think about that all the time. Like when I say my brain don't stop, my brain does not stop. Mm -hmm. Because for me, not only am I responsible, I'm half responsible for what happens in my household. I'm also responsible for at least 350 employees. And Do you have 350 care. employees? Yes, across the board. Between Slutty Vegan, Bar Vegan, the foundation, 350 employees. What? So if Pinky Cole drops the ball, the whole ship could potentially crumble. So I think about those things. So it's not even just the, the children that came out of my womb. I'm also thinking about the quote-unquote family wow. that I have through the business that how I show up is a reflection of how they can show up to be able to take care of their children. So I can't get lazy, even if I wanted oh to. My God. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. So what kids did for me is it just made me more consistent, right? And made me more soft because I used to be very clear, very direct. <laughs> I used to be very militant, but mm -hmm. now I'm more understanding and I'm more patient, yeah. which I think I needed mm -hmm. because I was really hard like a rock and I'm still yeah. hard to a T, but I also, I'm more understanding in the workplace and I also understand that people will sue you. <laughs> so you have to be mindful on how you communicate with people yeah. um, and just really be a leader, yeah. you know? So like, again, what I said in the beginning, I am in a transition and yeah. I want you to kind of like, put my old interview and this interview right beside each yeah, other. Yeah, for sure. I definitely have evolved. You were focused, but not like this. Like you, like, I, obviously like you were, you were focused and like going at it and can intelligently talk about business, but it seems like you've 10X since the last conversation we've had. Your when was your, when did you open your second restaurant? What year was that? 2020. 2020. 2020. So about two years ago. Yeah. How many employees did you have at your first restaurant? My first restaurant, I, st I had probably like 22. So you go from 22 employees to 350 in two years. 350. Let me tell you something very interesting. So when I go around my employees, I don't know a lot of them now. And at first I used to feel <laughs> bad about it because I used to know everybody. Right. But now I'm like, hi, I'm Pinky. What's your name? And I had to also shake that because I used to feel bad, like, damn, like, wow. I don't even know them. Like, but I realized I'm building an empire. You won't know everybody's name, but as long as you can make an impact on the people who work for you and with you, then you're doing the right thing. But I definitely don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about this layered leadership. Like who's 
How, like, okay, so like from your position of, okay, I interview the person, they come on, I like them. What was that transition? Because I think there are a lot of people that are watching it. Maybe they have their one restaurant, but now it's going to be time to go to the next level. What was that leadership transition like? So it's interesting. So I just promoted my CRO. His name is Jason Crane. I don't know what CRO is. Chief Revenue Officer. Okay. Chief <laughs> Revenue Officer. Yes. Um, so I just promoted him to president. And I promoted him to president because I didn't turn into a D-list celebrity. Okay. So <laughs> I started doing more interviews and growing the business from the outside. So I had to make a really hard decision. And it was the same decision that I made when I went from one location to two and three. When I used to be in a restaurant flipping burgers and shaking fries and yeah. being customer service and HR and all that stuff. And I knew that my business couldn't grow if I was inside of the business, I had to step outside of the business. So after I stepped outside of the business, after location number two, I was working day to day in the business. I just wasn't so much in the restaurants. Yeah. But then I got to a place where Slutty Vegan started getting super uber popular and they wanted to know. That hey, y'all, I ain't going to lie, man. They sent me this Yuffie lock. Think about being on the couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school and they need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Eufy lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry. So it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Listen, you put your fingerprint on there, you don't have, even if you got you got your bags, you put one finger out there, boop, you get to unlock your door. That way, no battery anxiety. You don't have to worry about the battery dying. Quick charging, it's incredible. Also, passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally, and you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Ufi is on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay, listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, Eufy, E-U-F-Y dot com. I just ordered mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's, 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 it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy, E-U-F-Y video lock. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, back door. Incredible. Okay? So search Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The genius behind the brand. Mm. So guess what happens after that? Interviews. Yeah. On camera. Yeah, out of the restaurant. Out of the restaurant. Like yeah. literally out of the day-to-day of the restaurant. So I had to play chess. And playing chess was getting the one person in my business that had the mental smarts and the uh, intellectual energy to be able to continue to take my business to the next level internally so that I can grow the business from the outside. And that was Jason Crane, who was my CRO. And now he's my president. And I'm glad I made the decision. Did you develop that in him or did he already come lit? Well, he came lit. So he he has a background. He owned a part of Part Pig. He sold his company to his um, Amazon. He, um, He used to work at Google. He's a tech guy, right? So like super smart guy, but he understood business before he came to me. So when he came on board in 2020, I almost like was grooming him into position. All right, here's the business. He's never been in a restaurant industry mm-hmm. and it was an opportunity for him to learn and to grow. And he actually uh, did the negotiations alongside my lawyer for my raise. Mm. So when it came time to make that transition to step outside of the day to day of the restaurant, I promoted him to president and say, here. this is the throne now you run my company and although i have the final say on everything um he runs the day-to-day of the company from the inside and i run the company from the outside so he does hiring marketing like everything he doesn't do everything so we have departments so i have an operations department i have a marketing team i have a catering and booking team I have the HR department. But is he over all of those departments? So he is the overarching element. Yes. So he connects directly with the department heads and he Mm -hmm. has his meetings with them and then he reports it up to me. Right. So we have our weeklies, we have our meetings, but the moral to the story is he runs the day to day of the business. Right. So I'm still very familiar on what happens with my business strategy execution. I still go and look at properties, um, to vet out for potential slutty vegans. I still go to the high level meetings. We still have our high level meetings, all of our company wide engagements. I'm still present for, but I speak on behalf of the business. Nobody talks about the business except for me because I created this company. Um, and the dynamic works. That's a high level of trust. Well, you have to trust him. So trust is a very fickle thing, right? When we talk about trust in business, I am trusting that the money that I am giving him to run my company is sustainable enough for him to have a adequate level of living Mm -hmm. so that he is comfortable enough to be able to run my company in a way that he can use his expertise to do a good job. Yeah. Right. People will fail you in life. Right. I don't put a hundred percent of my trust in nobody. I don't care who it is. (laughs) Right. But what I do know is that I am trusting that what I am putting him in position to do, then he can get the job done. Now, if he proves that otherwise, then he he messed it up on his own. But everybody gets the opportunity to have a first chance. And so far he's been doing a great job. Good. Good. What have you had to learn about leadership though? 
what I had to learn a lot about leadership, and I'm still learning about leadership. Yeah. I'm very impulsive, sure. right? So how I've grown this company is if I want something, I want it done right now. Go get it. Right? Like yeah. it needs to happen right now. But I realize as I grow the company and I have so many people in place, there's something called a chain of command. Mm -hmm. So I used to like skip past everybody. Like if I paid you to be everybody boss, <laughs> now I used to skip past everybody and tell that person directly. But what I was doing was I was undermining the person who was in charge. Mm -hmm. So I no longer do that anymore. Yeah. I follow the chain of command, even as the CEO and the creator of this company, even though I know I could pick up the phone and say, it's my way or the highway. Yeah. I no longer do that because I am now respecting boundaries of the people that I put in place to be able to run my company because yeah. they also need to feel empowered to make certain decisions to lead their team. Yeah. And if I keep coming and throwing monkey wrenches in their operation, it's just, everything is always chaotic because people are always going to listen to the CEO before yeah. anybody else. Right. So yeah. I now follow the chain of command, something that I took a long time to learn how to do. And I'm finally in a place where I've gotten a lot better with that. So I'm proud of me. Dang, I feel triggered. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but you like, gotta, ah, let me tell you, just do it the way I do. You got to stop doing that. And mm. I'm also talking to myself too, because there are yeah. moments where I just want to pick up the phone and shut down. <laughs> right. But I also realize is that is not a healthy environment yeah. to grow and scale a business. And that's a hard conversation that I had to have with myself. And in order to grow this company in a way that I want to grow it, I also have to learn how to respect the boundaries of the people who are in this business with me that's helping me to grow this empire. Listen, if I was going to teach you how to make a million dollars, would you give me 10,000? Like if I had a course teach you how to make a million dollars and you're positive, you're going to make a million dollars, would you give me 10,000? Of course you would. It's no brainer, right? So in a calendar year, we make seven figures with the podcast. But there's 21 things that I extracted from that that you're going to need to launch a podcast. But I only got time to give you three right now. One is you need a distribution platform. The distribution platform is what you upload your podcast to. That platform sends it to Spotify, Apple, Google Play so that your supporters can actually listen to your podcast. You're also going to need a microphone. You need a really good microphone so it's crispy audio. And three, you need an income strategy. This is not necessarily a hobby unless you're going to make it a hobby. But I can teach you how I made the seven figures with these 21 things. Now, the good news is you don't have to give me 10,000. My ebook is only 37 bucks, okay? So listen, go to podcastebook.com and get the 21 things that you need. And I, I can explain it in detail, all the things that you need, okay? Podcastebook.com. Let's get to the episode. Gotcha. How many restaurants we got right now? Right now? Nine. Nine restaurants. And then Bar Vegan makes 10. So Bar Vegan makes 10. So 10 restaurants total. Two years ago, you had one. Yeah, damn. God, that's crazy. Yeah, and we did it in a pandemic. In the pandemic. In a pandemic. So, and you just said you're always looking for new uh, uh, real estate. Do you know, like without a shadow of a doubt, if this is the right place, this is the right area, I'm going to make money, I'm going to plant one here, it's over. I feel it in my spirit. I'm an empath. Like, I can tell that you're enjoying this interview because I can feel you. Oh, I love it. You understand what I mean? So I'm I learning say? a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can walk in a room and I can tell if somebody doesn't like me. I feel it. I feel the heat off their chest. Yeah. And I can also feel the love off somebody's chest if they're feeling me. Like, yeah. I've always been that way. I know that I have a gift. So, my gift is going places and saying, this feels like a slutty vegan. I know the atmosphere. I know the kind of customers that come to the wow. space. The air feels different. 
the energy, the vibe, the frequency feels different. And if it feels good in my spirit, then I'm like, this is a slutty vegan. Do you teach that? I don't know that you can teach that. Yeah. Cause there are going to be some people that want to be pinky. I want to have my own. I don't know if you can teach that. I, I believe that, that, you know what? Let me back up. I feel like we all have that level of intuition. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that level of intuition, how you choose to unlock that intuition to listen to that voice is what makes the difference. Yeah. And I have been able to unlock that intuition and I'm sure that you have it too. Like yeah. if you get butterflies, something you ever say something in my gut don't feel right. Yeah. Uh, all the time. Don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't feel good about this. That, that yeah. is the intuition. Yeah. That's all I'm following. Yeah. And because I follow that intuition, I'm like 99.9% right all of the time. It's that 1% that's like, all right, Pinky, yeah. what was going on? But like that spirit of discernment, that ain't nothing but God. Mm. And that's God talking to me. So I lead with that first. Do all CEOs lead like that? No. Yeah. <laughs> but I lead like that. Yeah. And that is how I've been able to grow my business because I've always been that way. Again, I did not create my business to make money. I knew that I was going to make money because I've always made money. That level of currency, like it's just currency, right? I'm, I'm more interested in like social and emotional capital, right? Mm. That is the currency for me. And when I think about growing slutty vegan, I tap into this right here to be able to open up these locations. And so far it's been working for me. (laughs) Now, if you come across a slutty vegan and ain't doing so well, I don't know. But um, it's been working so far. But I move with my gut in all things. As a coach or somebody, like I I, I teach entrepreneurship and like sometimes I'll tell my team something and I can't explain why what I'm saying is right sometimes. But I just know it's it's that feeling, right? But I'm having a hard time translating that to other people to inspire them how to move off their gut. Because what I've seen sometimes is their gut feeling is based on their experiences and their experiences may have led them astray. So people that make wrong decisions, but I, I just felt it in my gut and it was wrong, but they felt it because of their past. Was experiences. it wrong to who was it wrong to you? Because it could have very well been right to them. And I right. think that that's the beauty of life, right? Yeah. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. 
And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay, I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th in atlanta let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality y'all head over to podcastsummit.com use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal my how i make decisions you're right is based off of my experience that doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong it was right for me you may not agree with it but it was right for me um, can you teach that? I don't know. I never thought of it. But what I do know is that I think that's what separates the most successful people in the world. That yeah. sometimes you look up like, damn, like, what did they do to get there? You ever look at people like, wow, like something about them is really special. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're, I'm looking at her. Oh, oh thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but there's some people in the world. We all have some specialness to us, but there are some people in the world that just have that X factor, something Mm -hmm. that you just can't put in a bottle and sell it. I believe you're one of those people too, which is why you have the platform that you have, which is why people want to listen to you because there is something about you that makes people want to listen. Do you know when I wake up, you always post early in the morning, Mm -hmm. right? I pay attention (laughs) to everything. And, and when I scroll on the internet in the morning, I wake up 4am every morning, you always dropping nuggets. But something about you makes me want to pay attention. So can you teach it? Maybe because I listen to you, right? Like I pay attention to the things that you say and I apply it to my life. Wow. Um, but people got to be able to listen. Yeah, that's And everybody true. don't listen. Yeah, everybody doesn't listen for sure. You can have a lot of money. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. In this, um, so I know, I, I heard you say that your company it's valued at a hundred thousand, a hundred million. You better put some. And I, I, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please, no disrespect. <laughs> valued at a hundred million, and you said something about twenty-five million. Is that twenty-five million revenue? No, that's twenty-five million dollars I raised. You raised twenty-five million. Uh huh. But you raised the twenty-five million to do what with? I'm trying to understand that. To scale. Yeah. To open up locations. 
to find C-suite executives who have experience to help me grow my company and to be able to take the brand to the next level. Yeah. Um, and we've done that. So between real estate, between opening up restaurants, we just hired a CMO. We just hired a CFO. Wow. We just hired a head of CPG. Um, and, you know, like. Hold on, hold on. CPG. Don't, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I don't know. Okay, tell me. CPG. <laughs> <laughs> Consumer product goods. Gotcha, gotcha. So basically retail, yeah. right? We're already in retail. We're in Target. We're in Costco. Um, and we are going into different markets. And that is what the money is being used for, to be able to do the things that we want to do. When I walked to the table and I agreed to take investment for my business, I was very clear on y'all still yeah. got to, I need to be creative. Yeah. I need to be able to fly and be free because that's the only way that I agree to take any level of money from anybody. And the good thing about my investors is they know that I'm a very abstract, aboriginal individual <laughs> and they respect my hustle. Yeah. So they let us fly and be free respectfully because I'm very mindful about flipping a bag, yeah. right? And flipping a bag means taking that 25 and 10xing that yeah. to make so much money that we can do whatever we want with the business and apply it to wherever we want and open up locations internationally mm. and perhaps license if we want to. Um, but it feels good to know that we have that cushion to yeah. be able to grow rapidly because let me tell you what's happening right now. Sorry. What's happening right now is I would like to say that slutty vegan has been an anchor in the vegan space a hundred percent from a mainstream level Yeah, definitely. and shout out to the local vegan restaurants that walk so we could run okay. <laughs> like the, the, the soul vegetarians of the world yeah. and the raw to sillies and like all the great vegan restaurants in Atlanta and shout out to y'all. Like I been in Atlanta eating y'all since I've been here. Yeah. But what's happening now is there are so many big corporations that are realizing, Oh, this vegan movement is hot. Mm hmm. So we can make money off of this. And because we got the capital, we're going to pop up stores and we're going to start this concept, even though we aren't in alignment with the lifestyle, even though we really don't know much about vegan living. We just want to yeah. make money and more people are popping up these vegan concepts. Mm -hmm. So now we look at it as an opportunity to be able to scale and mass produce locations so that we can monopolize in these markets because not only do we have a good product, we got a great brain. Yeah. And when you got a great brand, there is nothing that you cannot do. Yeah. Slutty Vegan is more than just burgers, pies, and fries, right? We are a lifestyle brand. People tap into us like they tap into a clothing brand because mm. they love the brand so much. So we have an opportunity to scale that at a level in which when you think about vegan food, you think about Slutty Vegan first. Yeah. The 25, walk me through this 25 million. Did you start to raise it because... Did you think through that like, yo, these big corporations, they're going to they gonna run over us if we don't do something? That was part of the thought process. But like we don't pay too much attention to competition. Yeah. Right. Because competition attracts, uh, distracts us from what we got going on, what's in front for of sure. us. Um, the conversation more was like, OK, all right, this company is getting too big for me. Mm. Let's talk about that. <laughs> As entrepreneurs, we'll create companies that will outgrow us. Yeah. Slutty Vegan has outgrown me. Yeah. So I can no longer do this on my own or I was going to reach a glass ceiling. I had to start bringing in people and the right resources and the right relationships to help me take the brand to the next level. Yeah. Right. This was no longer a I, me kind of thing. This yeah. is we, us. 
what was going on where you started feeling that? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This I thing couldn't is, keep up. Talk to me. I couldn't keep up with everything that was happening. There were so many moving parts. And the, we started chasing after the business. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Like, no, business, it. And it's a great problem, but that great problem could turn into a really big problem. And the great problem was we had more people than we had stores. Mm. So we couldn't build fast enough. And we had all of these people that were standing in line for hours. And then what happened? You know, people start to complain oh, because the sure. level of service that they want, they can't get because we can't supply the demand. Yeah. So when it came time to have the conversations about get money, all right, we need to grow because obviously people want this product. People love this brand. But if we go at the pace that we're going, we're going to lose the momentum wow. because people are going to stop coming. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm saying shit that people ain't talking about. <laughs> For sure. Right? So that level of investment, it was not just about purely getting money. It was about getting relationships with the right people who have the operational experience that will allow us to get the advice and feedback that we need so we can be more operationally sound, yeah. so that we can open up more locations and we can begin to supply the demand. Yeah, that CEO maturity, I believe, because it's cool to say, yo, people wrapped around the block and they're waiting on a burger. But you still had the uh, the maturity to say, hold on, there are some people that are saying, I'm not going down there. There's too many people there. Yes. And, and we would lose people that way. It came to a point where everybody like, I love Sunny Vegan, but I ain't come down there. It not too long. And while it sounds fun, like, okay, it's a good problem because we got a lot of people that want to come yeah. and stand in line. But then when you start peeling back the onion, it's like, okay, we could be making so much more money yeah. if we had more restaurants. So we're losing money just to say that it's cool that we got a line down a block. Yeah. That ain't cool. Yeah. When you think of the big picture, <laughs> For right? Sure. So yeah, here we are four years later, we still have lines, but now we have the infrastructure to support the people who are standing in line. So you no longer standing in line for eight hours to get a yeah. burger. You're in and out. You get yeah. your food in and out because now we got systems in place. We got structure. We got SOPs. We got more locations. And now people can have a better experience so that when we duplicate this business, it's more of a pleasant experience instead of one that like, oh, slutty vegan got lines right around the block. I don't yeah. know. I can't stand in line for that. I love yeah. them, but the line too long. Yeah. I, I caught myself saying that once. My wife's like, yo, let's go to slutty vegan. I'm like, eh, I yeah. got that much time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, did did some of your investors come with mentorship to like all of them guide you? Cause I don't think I saw like a public raise. I think I'd have put something on something if I would have known. How'd you do that? <laughs> so a lot of people have been trying, even to this day, have been trying to invest in slutty vegan, but I'm very intentional about what I do. So I don't mm -hmm. care how much money you got. Like I got to feel your spirit. Yeah. Like we got to be, we got to be kindred souls together yeah. because I am professionally getting in a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. So remember what I talked about Derek, when I said that, like I need him, yeah. like I want to be able to need y'all and y'all need me. Gotcha. Right. This gotcha. is a two way relationship. So I needed to be mindful who I was getting in bed with because I have heard horror stories of small businesses that have done raises and gotten in bed professionally with investors and regretted it yeah. and hated their investors and fell out of love with the business because the investors became a nightmare. I never wanted that for my business because mm. again, Pinky Cole did not create this business to make money. So when I decided to go with the investors that I went with, there were things about their ethos and who they were as individuals that I admired. 
Yeah. Richie Lou Dennis, I admire him as a black man who came from nothing. So he knows what it feels like to pull a business up from the bootstraps. Yeah. That's one of your investors. Yes. Gotcha. He knows what it feels like to be an underdog. Mm. Right. So he was a no brainer for me. Right. Danny Meyer. He knew what it was like. You know, one, one thing I respect about Danny Meyer is when he started his company. Who was Danny was, Meyer? He created Shake Shack. <sighs> yeah. So now he, he Square Hospitality Group, EHI. So anyway, so what they did is they did a lot of community give back. So if you know anything about Slutty Vegan and Pinky yeah. Cole, all I do is community give back. 100%. And I needed investors to understand that just because I'm getting money, I'm not going to stop helping people. Yeah. And it takes money to help people. But because he comes from that world and that's how he built his foundation, I knew that he wouldn't understand. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So- we have like-minded connections on both sides. So now I got the Michael Jordan of food and I got the Michael Jordan of marketing on my team. And now I'm able to grow. But I was very intentional about that because it was not just about the money. Yeah. Right. Because I could get money from anywhere. I could call up a couple rappers and say, hey, come together. Boom. Mm. And they wouldn't care. They would just give me the money. But it wasn't about that. It was about the relationship that I was building with these people and making sure that I could pick up the phone when I wanted to. I love it. Making sure that like if I needed some real advice that I could call them and not have to set an appointment with their assistant, I can call mm. any of my investors right now in real time and say, hey, what's up? How are you doing? What you doing? I need a favor. Can you help me <laughs> right, out? Right. And they will be there for me. Those are the kind of relationships that I Got wanted it. and those are the relationships that I have. And with your relationship comes all of their relationships too. Absolutely. See, that's like, it's oh like my gosh, this is brilliant, man. Listen, you remember the pyramid scheme Absolutely. Back in the day? That it, it's almost like that minus the scheme, right? <laughs> <laughs> like you tap into one person, you tap into their whole entire network. Yeah. So I am tapping on this side into the network of one of the most successful restaurant um, creators in the world and all of his network. And then the person over here who owns one of the, the biggest urban magazine in America, mm, I get to mm, tap into that audience. Plus the audience of his portfolio and all of the companies that he's invested in. So I'm tapped into everybody. Yeah. It's making this hundred millions making sense now. Yeah. Like you are brilliant. Thank you. Cause I, if I was going to do a raise, I'd be like, Oh, you got the money. Oh yeah. I, I need the money. Cause I know what I'm doing, but you realize, yo, there's some things that you don't even understand that you don't understand yet. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> That's a beautiful part of it. Right. Like the more that I grow, the more that I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I can humbly say this now. I didn't until a year and a half ago really understand equity and safe notes and convertible notes mm. and like uh, phantom equity. I didn't know what the hell. What are you talking about? Yeah. I didn't care about that because I'm just like, I'm growing my business. I'm here for the people. Right. But as I grow, I realize that I know nothing wow. and I'm trying to learn everything. And the path is so beautiful because I have people around me that will teach me the things that I don't know. I used to not know how to do a P&L or read one. Mm. And I used to be embarrassed about that until I got to a place where I said, okay, I'm learning. Yeah. Like I'm a new CEO of a multi-million dollar company. I'm learning. And guess what I started doing? I started hiring and putting people in place who are smarter than me that could teach me. So now I'm yeah. going to school. So I'm going to Harvard for business. Are you really? Slutty vegan. 
You understand you what I'm saying? You get to take their degree what? and well, teach I'm, me all the stuff that yeah, you learned. It's a metaphor. It's really right. not hard. But, <laughs> so University sure. of Slutty Vegan. Okay? Right, right. <laughs> I was about to say Atlanta, that. You're committed. Atlanta campus. <laughs> right. But, but I'm, what I'm saying is. But those people that, that went to school, you get to learn all the stuff that they learn because. I get to learn what yeah. they learn and their expertise and all the money that they spent getting their degrees. Right. <laughs> I get to pay them and hire them to teach me what they learned at school. I love it. And that is what more entrepreneurs should do. And I learned the minute that I learned how to do that. Life got a lot easier for me. Sleep felt a lot better for me. My anxiety level went down because I started hiring people that were smarter than me. They had the expertise that I didn't have. And then when you loop in the investors, it's a recipe for success. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. You said something about international restaurants. Yes. What you got going on over there? Troy Marks. I got my international trademark. That's about it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the long-term play is to be able to say that Slutty Vegan is an internationally known brand with yeah. brick and mortars um, everywhere. Yo, it was some, I was literally just talking to my man, uh, shout out to Lemire. He got a happy, happy ice out in LA. And um, th- he said there are a lot of people from overseas that, um, there are, let's say, like restaurant chains that have died in the United States, but they are so lit overseas because they want everything that came from. Let me the tell States. you something. You ever been to Jamaica? Yes. You know, I'm vegan, but when I say they treat KFC like it's the best thing since sliced bread. Okay. Right, I'm like, right. why do people love KFC? Don't shade the KFC. Right, I don't right. eat it. But like, you go to Jamaica, KFC mm-hmm. is a whole nother experience. Yeah. So obviously, there's something that's happened internationally that we don't know yeah. in the States. Yeah. So the plan is to put Slutty Vegan overseas. Mm-hmm. The first stop may be Jamaica, because that's where I'm from. <laughs> I love it. Um, but I'm looking forward to what the future looks like. I'm just looking forward to growth. Yeah. If you would have told me four years ago that I would have one of the most popular brands in the country, yeah. I would have said, stop playing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, So to know that I have a... I got to say this. Eminem is one of my favorite rappers. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite rappers because he got this one song that I love. What's the song? You better lose yourself in the movement. The moment you own it, you better never, in the music, the moment you own it, you better never let it go. You only get one shot. Do not miss a chance to blow because opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Yeah. Right? I might have butchered the lyrics a little bit, but you get the point. But I say that to say that I, Pinky Cole, have an opportunity to either stay on the left side and just have this popular company that people are now and like, oh, it's Lady B again. Mm. You want to get Slutify? <laughs> or we can become an iconic brand and be a household name that people are reading about in history books and doing case studies on the brand. And when you talk about hospitality, you're talking about study vegan. And when you're talking about impact and changing the world, you're talking about the Pinky Cole Foundation. I got that opportunity. I can get lazy and just be popular, but I don't want to just be popular. I want to be iconic because with that level of iconism. Mm-hmm. Good word. I, might have made I like that. that. <laughs> iconism. There's power to that. Mm-hmm. And when you have power, there are no limits. Yeah. And when there are no limits, you can make impact and that level of impact will change the course of how people think about the world and the things in and around the world. Oprah has that level of power. 100%. Beyonce has that level of power. Pinky Cole. 
and keep cold. That's a hour for sure. Thank you. I Goodness gracious. You just wrote a book too? Yeah, I did. Eat plants, bitch. Let me ask you. All right. So <laughs> with the name, there's a little bit of profanity in there. I, um, I mean, is there... I, do you think that would hurt sales or that would kind of co- keep you from certain places or? All right. Not on this podcast. Come on, Piggy. You know what I did? <laughs> you want to know why I did that? We put so much power in the words yeah. that people get uncomfortable by certain words that we put the power on. I really redefined the word slut and made it a word and a term of endearment. That's true. Slut is a powerful word. <laughs> Call me a slut. You understand what I'm right. saying? I have redefined a word and made it a positive term to make people feel better about themselves. Yeah. The word slut. So when you think about eating plants, bitch, I'm not calling you a bitch. Right. I'm adding new power to a word that once upon a time was seen as derogatory. Yeah. That was seen as something that people would take offense in. Right? Yeah. So... Do I think that it will affect the sales? You're damn right. People are going to buy it. <laughs> and people bad, are going to yeah. buy it because it's authentic. It's real. It's raw. It's in your face. Sometimes you got to slap people in the face to get them to pay attention. That's true. Which is why Slutty Vegan has become successful. Because we slapped you in the face and called you a slut. <laughs> and say, slut, you got to dance for your food. And it worked. Right. All the while raising the ecosystem of communities mm-hmm. and impacting people and giving people resources and paying debts in college and, and showing people that we want to turn your lights on and giving out fruits and vegetables and coats. And I can go on and on and on and giving insurance to black men. We have redefined a word. Mm. So if people get so locked in into a word, then you got the wrong idea. Better talk that talk. Baby. And you need to go get your iPad and take the <laughs> iPad from your kids who watch your shit worse. Oh, for sure. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I'm excited about the book. What is um, it about? It's about um, vegan recipes. It's a cookbook. Mm-hmm. And a cookbook that's infused with a little bit of my life story. Because I'm taking you on a journey. Mm. So I ain't giving you everything. So it's not just a recipe. It's not just it's like not just recipes. It's not just a recipe book. Right. I'm giving you a little bit of my life story and like how I got here, my family background. Um, but what I like what I like about the book is that it is for the meat eater. Mm. It is not for the vegan. Now, vegans, I want y'all to buy it now. Right, right. But it is for the meat eater. Explain that. 91 recipes that will blow your meat-loving mind. Mm. And I did that because what I realized is I have created an audience for people who eat meat that want to just scratch that curiosity, right? There are people that come to my restaurant that don't even know fries are vegan, right? Hmm. There are people that come to my restaurant and that have never had vegan food ever and only trying it out because of the hype. And then after they try the food, they're pleasantly surprised. So I realized if I created a book for the people who aren't really familiar with this world, who aren't really necessarily interested in being full-time vegans, but will try it if it's good, mm-hmm. Then I know if I can get their attention, then I've done something right. So all of the recipes in the book are familiar to the food that meat eaters typically eat. Mm -hmm. So we got all of the hearty soul food style foods that you wouldn't even know were vegan, but are vegan and are just damn good recipes that so happen to be plant based. Oh, I got you. So it's not all like how you can use impossible meat to make a meal. It's like it's like a complete 
Yes. If I just want to do a little better than I'm doing right now. It's like real of, food. It's not like real food. It's real food. Oh, that's lit. It just so happens to not have the flesh of a dead animal in right. it. And no dairy and no eggs and no butter and no milk. That's it. Y'all have a copy here? You have a copy? We will Somewhere? get you a copy. I wanted to show the people. Let them know because I'm going to go. Just I, put it in post. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So um, why the book? Why now? Well, the book was a long time ago. It's just coming now because supply chain issues. However, oh, right. <laughs> um, timing. Yeah. Everything um, is within timing. I knew that if people could take the slutty vegan experience home, then they would be happy about it. And now they get to take the slutty vegan experience home. Gotcha. And to be able to do a cookbook at such an early age in the business when people love the brand so much, is like it is a right of honor like damn like i did a book that's so crazy it just hit me that the the business is still young yeah we're that just ba- hit me when you said that we four years old like we our teeth just <laughs> fell out like we barely walking okay we eat solids but you know what i'm saying like we whining sometimes here that's and there. crazy like we putting our hands and stuff we ain't supposed to put our hands in like, <laughs> we are the typical four-year-old we just turned four. So we think we grown a little bit, but we not. We still got a lot to learn. <laughs> but like we're growing and we're still a baby. Yeah, that's so inspiring. Literally, your whole life can change in four years. I literally have watched my life transition in four years. Mm-mm-mm. And what's cool is like every area, because when I first met you, I don't think you had no man. And you ain't had no kids. <laughs> And you just had a restaurant and I don't think you had investors. Like it's like every part of your life, the family, business, relationships. And, and, and let's talk about this too, because as I evolved, the people around me evolved and I'm specifically talking to entrepreneurs. Now, when you elevate in your life and business, everything around you got to elevate. And if everything around you is not elevating, they got to go. And I have had to let go of some very long lasting relationships because I am in elevation mode. And I realized that I was the only one elevating. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And that level of elevation, it gets difficult sometimes. But because I know where I'm going and where I want to go and I'm clear about that, there is nothing that's going to come in my way of getting what I want in that level of elevation. Oh, personal question. So you've had some people that you've worked with or kind of like your employees that you thought were going to be. Let me ask you, is your original team of people that you felt you were going to build your business with? Are they still around? Yes. All of them. The the core ones. Yes. The very core. Yeah. So my oldest employee is still with me. Her name is Angel. She started as an intern. And then I hired her as the social media intern. Then I hired her as my assistant. And now she's the business manager of the entire company. Oh, wow. She knows every single password. She knows everything. She, she is the vault of the business. And then Maisha is the second oldest employee that I have. Um, she is the operational guru of my business. So they are my left brain and my right brain. And they have been with me since the very beginning. And then Jason came on in 2020. And then I have a couple people, shout out to Rue, shout out to, um, Tanya, my, my people who have been on the ground and every single one of them that have been here with me from the beginning, all have elevated and are now running my company. Gotcha. So the moral to the story is all of the people that went hard for me, I now go hard for them. They were loyal to me. I am now loyal to them. 
All of them have phantom equity in my company. All of them are making high salaries in my business and are able to continue to grow because they showed up and showed their dedication to the business. I love it. I love it. You also, which I guess it makes sense now because you just, you're about to almost revitalize a magazine. Um, yes. Jet, Jet, right? Jet Magazine, which I remember being a kid watching it, like having that Jet Magazine on the kitchen table, right? And it just kind of, I don't, I don't know, just kind of just dwindled with the internet, I suppose. How did this come about? So one thing about Pinky Co., I'm going to shoot my shot. <laughs> and you don't have to just shoot your shot in the DMs, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I went to Essence Festival. And did Richard have anything to do with this? Rich, no. no? Mm -hmm. So I went to Essence Festival. And I met the president of Jet. I don't know who introduced me to him. Um, and I met the president of Jet and I walked up to him. So they still have a magazine. Yeah, but it's, it's, they're, they're bringing it back. Gotcha. So they're doing a whole revamp, right? Mm -hmm. And I pitched the idea to him. I said, hey, you should make me Jet Beauty of the Week. But this time we'll say Jet Beauty and Brains of the Week. I had this whole right. idea. <laughs> like I had this whole pitch. I just walked up to him right. in real time. Right. He was like, let's talk. He was like, I love that. Let's talk. Because he was telling me how they're bringing Jet back and blah, 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 blah. So he called me a couple of weeks later. He said, I like your idea. Let's do it. And what we'll do is we'll do a whole magazine. And mm. the magazine, um, you'll be the cover. And you'll be Jet Beauty of the Week. And all of the contents in the magazine, you will be the content of the magazine. All oh, things wow. Pinky Cole, Slutty Vegan Brand. Dang. Yes. So this is a limited edition print. We're printing 10,000 copies. Wow. And it will be in stores, limited stores. And I'm excited about it because when we think of Jet Magazine, Jet is a part of the reason why our culture is as rich as it 100%. is. A hundred percent. This was the magazine for Negroes. Yeah. Right. So if you go back to 1951 and you look at all of the magazines, you had all of the most prominent black people in America at a time where segregation was at an all time high yeah. gracing this level of magazine. So this was our Hollywood. Yeah. So for me to be able to partner with jet magazine, to be the cover girl, to be the jet beauty of the week and every single piece of the content is all of the cultural things that I'm doing. Yeah. I don't take that for granted. That's big. That's huge. That's huge. There's and what I realized is that social capital and currency that I was talking about, I'm able to tap into brands and help to um, take them to a place where it re-exposes them to the world in a way that we know how relevant they were and how relevant they are. Yeah. So, like, I'm honored that Jet would even include me in their magazine, yeah. right? So although this is a collaboration, it, it feels so good to know that I can do this. And what's so special about the magazine is I'm also highlighting my team. I love it. I love it. But yeah, you know, I just got to ask though, because we, we obviously haven't seen Jet in a while. This is like really like a, I don't know, a collector's item or NFT or something. I don't understand that game. <laughs> but the fact that it's only 10,000, that's really, really dope. So I'm, I'm definitely going to try to get as many copies as I can. But did you like try to get equity? In the whole magazine? Did you have that conversation? Because you understand you are going to bring it back. <laughs> we working. Okay. Okay. So That's I'll, I'll say this. I am a relationship person. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. This project for me wasn't like, oh, I need, I need y'all to give me a piece of what. Yeah. Like, 
this wasn't that kind of project. For sure. It was like, okay, it's a great opportunity. How can I be a part? How can I be of support of this amazing brand? Great opportunity for you or for them? For both of us. For both. Like, yeah, it's it's a great opportunity for both of us. And, you know, Jet Magazine is one of those magazines that we grew up on. Yeah, 100%. I wanted to be able to have a partnership with them. Yeah. Um, and whatever comes out of that in the future, will I say no? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely be a part of all the things that they want to bring me into. Yeah. But what I do know is that this magazine with me on the cover will definitely make some waves. And I pray that it makes the waves that will put jet back into the forefront like it used to be back in the day yeah Yo, when uh when mike told me about it when he said it it was it gave me like a bit of nostalgia a little bit and i was i was just excited that they're coming back because there's not a lot of magazines that i don't think there's any really that's like highlighting our people how i mean this this was at a time right where like the, the whole country's at odds and it was it's at odds today but someone was bold enough to say yo we are going to make black beautiful yeah right and if you didn't remember anything else every little girl every teenage girl mm-hmm. always went to page nine or whatever page it was yep. to look at jet beauty of the week yeah yeah and jet beauty of the week was the most beautiful black woman who was exactly. educated smart and sexy as hell chocolate chocolate and sexy mm-hmm. and that was the image of what a black woman was to us. Yeah. Right? And now we get to bring it back. I love it. And I'm excited. I love it. You should be. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do we we talked about a lot? You buy a lot of real estate. I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing yes. <laughs> I'm seeing what's 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 going on? Do you have a mentor in that space? Are you just kind of buying what you like or my mentor is um YouTube University. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do a lot of research. Me and Derek, um, we're actually under contract for a duplex right now that we really? close on on the 14th. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. How many years uh, you got now? Well, we had 20. We just sold five. Mm, um, at the height of the market? And, yeah, and, and made almost 100 grand profit, and we <sighs> held it for like seven months. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So uh, is, that, is that like a lane that you're – like serious well i guess you're seriously building it but well are you seriously building it can i tell you the truth i've been so transparent the reason why we buy so much real estate is because we bring in a lot of revenue outside of just the business Mm -hmm. and just as fast as you can get money you can spend it yeah so our savings is to buy property because we know that we put money into the property It'll get more money than just yeah, sitting in the bank. 100%. And then we can't touch it to spend it. Yeah. So we know that we got our little savings plan. We call our houses our little rainy day funds. <laughs> so as we continue to grow, every single time we do a speaking engagement, we buy property. Every single time. Mm. And we call it patient capital because there's going to be one day where all of the houses will pay for the life where we don't even have to. Like we ain't relying on slutty vegan or big days. We ain't relying on nothing else. It's the real estate that will really create that true generational wealth that we want. And we just buy properties. When we see a good property, we buy it. Let me ask you, does the the stuff that you do outside of slutty vegan financially, is that like, how does it stack up against the money that you make from slutty vegan? Like, is it, is it like rivaling it? Are you seeing outside the brand pays more than the... You've been asking a lot of questions. No it's my job. Um, so I'll tell you the truth because I'm totally transparent. Mm-hmm. Since I started Slutty Vegan, 
I put myself on payroll in 2020 because I've always been the person. Every single dollar goes back into the business and I'm yeah. still that way. So since 2020, I have paid myself a paycheck. I have given myself raises, just like if I was working for a company, giving myself raises, yeah. giving myself bonuses. I've done that because I'm so committed to growing my company. Can I take all the money if I want to and just do whatever I want to mm -hmm. do? Yeah, but I'm not that kind of entrepreneur. Yeah. I have a big vision for my brand. So I'm very disciplined when it comes to the business. So disciplined that like I discipline myself. It's my company. It's my money. I could do what I want. I won't even get gas on my company card because I'll use my personal bank account to get gas. Like I'm that I'm disciplined to a fault. Some yeah. people like pinky, come on. Like it's your company. Like use the car. But I'm also thinking about the bigger picture. I want my books and my records to be so clean. Yeah. And in order for it to be so clean, I got to be super disciplined. Yeah. Right. I just literally started putting my makeup on the company. <laughs> I was paying for it out of my other pocket, right, my personal right, right. pocket. They're all my pockets. <laughs> but I had to realize like, OK, all right, cool. I'm doing a lot of interviews and I'm speaking about Slutty Vegan. I can make this an expense. Yeah. But I've always been very disciplined. But I do very, very well outside of this I, I, well. <laughs> I do very well um so much so that i am able to not have to touch slutty vegan because i do a lot of speaking engagements and mm -hmm. thought leadership things that i really really like to do mm -hmm. and a part of that is you know with his as well is what we do and we put that in our pot and we grow I love it. I got to ask about the podcast because I am so passionate about podcasting and you have a voice and you're like an endless well of information. And I believe that you will be like one of the biggest podcasters Do in the really world. Think so? What? Oh my gosh. As a podcast, you have to have something to say. You can't just be cute. You yeah. can't even just have the receipts. So some people, they, they're good at building a business, but they can't really talk about it. Yeah. It's not, it's hard for them to explain how they did what they did. Right. And then there's some people who don't have any receipts, but they just talk really, really good and they sound good on a microphone, but you have a unique blend of both. So. You podcast? know what I'm thinking about? Talk to me. I'm thinking about the Pinky Cole show, TV show. Mm. Like a daytime talk show. Let me not disrespect you with a podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Podcast is still on the list, yeah. but I admire Oprah, yeah. right? I admire her because of her story and what she represents. And as I maneuver in my career and my journey, right? I studied what she's done to get to where she is. And while I clearly don't do everything that she's done, I look at a lot of what she's done to get successful yeah. and I model my, my, my career and what I want. And I create my own blueprint at the same time. Gotcha. Um, but I always wanted a TV show. Yeah. I always wanted my since own show. you produce shows. Yeah. I, remember that. I am a television producer Yeah, by heart. That's what I love to do. So I want to be able to have my own TV show and I want the kind of show where like, it's a feel good show where like I'm showing Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Yeah. That's the kind of show that I want. That'll be dope. Yeah. Let me help you. I don't, I just want to be like, I just want to be able to tell my friends I'm helping Pinky Cole. Let's do okay, it. Okay. I don't need I no mean, money. I don't need nothing. I'm a podcast business. So I mean, like if anybody's going to help me, it needs to be you. Absolutely. I just want to yeah. be a part of this greatness. Cause I feel like you have, you got some stuff that Oprah didn't have when she was starting out. Thank you. 
Like seriously. So like I just I just want to be a part of history. That's all. So can I make ask sure, you a question? Please. From the outside looking in, when you think of me, mm-hmm. right, as an entrepreneur who has influence, because I'm not an influencer, right? I'm an you entrepreneur. For sure are. I'm an entrepreneur who has influence. Yes, okay, I, I think feel that. There's a difference. Um a author, a philanthropist, an entrepreneur. When you think of the impact, if you were describing me to a sea full of people and the impact, I'm curious to know what you would say. Fearless. I got one word for you. Fearless. Thank you. That's it. Like, I'm, I just, it's, it's almost like you have an idea and you go at it. And it's not even like a, there's not even a shadow of a doubt if it's going to work or not. And that's fearless. So when you walked in here and you was like, yo, I like this. And he was like, yo, it's not that I like it because I like it, but I'm thinking I'm going to buy a building and I'm going to do this. <laughs> and there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to do it because really you are just fearless. I don't know if I'd have went up to jet magazine and said, Hey, what about this part? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So that's one thing I admire. If I had to do like a 20 minute Ted talk on you, it would be fearless. And I would have a case of how you're so fearless. Speaking of fearless, can I just shout out all of the black owned businesses yeah. in America? Absolutely. I don't know if you watch my page, but I put a post up and said, because I'm going on tour, mm-hmm. I said that I wanted to bring, I wanted to wear black owned businesses on my tour. Mm-hmm. Do you know that I put that one post up? It got 9,000 comments. And so far, I'm at 2,500 packages. I saw that on your page. I was because I, I, I think I saw it, but I was in a place where I couldn't listen. But I'm seeing like you're doing all these packages, and I was like, and I meant to come back to the post. Yeah, that was apparel. Big sense to you. I'm actually wearing black-owned businesses now. Wow. From my head to my toes. Oh my gosh. Yes, and. You know, that's why you're so dope, man. Like, who does that, man? <laughs> Golly, Thank you can you. definitely do Gucci and the Louis and the Birkins and all that. Like, yeah, Gucci, who Birkin, what? Come I'm on, wearing man. black owned brands because I what I realized, I said to myself that if God gave me the platform to be able to rise, I'm going to take people with me. And I always noticed that a lot of, cele- well, I've never seen it. I've never seen celebrities wear black owned brands when they made it. And I always mm. wonder why. Right. So I'm like, well, I could do that. Why couldn't, you know, I could be the one to wear a black owned brand and like give them the exposure, especially if you look good. It got to be. Yeah, heat, for sure. For sure. Right? For sure. And do you know that every time I wear a black owned brand now, I take a picture of myself, I put it on my page and I tag them. And every single one of them have told me that either their websites have sold out, I didn't crash their wow. websites. Like the power of group economics is real. That's what I'm mm-hmm, building. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I want my legacy to be, which is why I ask you, like, when you see me, like, what do you see? And I appreciate you for saying that because I want people to see and know that the idea of Pinky Cole is that I was always the person to help everything around her be better. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want people to remember me for. Just just to be able to, like, just. Go out there and be that person. I don't care what people think about me. I'm always going to help my people. That's just fearless. When you were talking about the ghost equity last time, like that is fearlessness. Like, yo, I'm going to put my people on whether they like it or not, whether it's not as good for me as like there's 
Harriet Tubman was fearless. I'm going to get there, right? And the fact that you're putting like everything that you do on display for your people and it's just nothing but pure inspiration. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Is there anything we missed? Did we cover everything? I know it's not. Just promise we will have a part three. Yes. Oops. You got something for us? The store open. Oh. You got a, you have another store open? Yes. Is it not? A, it's not Slutty Vegan. It's a store. No, it's Slutty Vegan. Okay. The ninth one. The ninth one you said? Mm-hmm. Tell me, where's it going to be at? In New York. In Where are we? Okay. Give me all of our, give me our, all of our locations. RDA. Edgewood. Yeah. Jonesboro. Yeah. Athens. Mm-hmm. Birmingham. Brooklyn. Harlem. Gwinnett. Columbus. Georgia. Columbus. Barbican. And Barbican. Okay. Where else you want to go? Everywhere. World domination. <laughs> I'm dead ass. <laughs> I want to be everywhere. And I'm not going to stop until I get everywhere. And you're always looking for places to plant one. I will put a slutty vegan in this studio if you like. But yeah, I'm looking for um, locations that speak to the brand. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And that rise is scary, Mm -hmm. but it's fun at the same damn time. Yeah. And I'm excited about it. Like a black woman scaling a brand like. And it's me, like, <laughs> I wake up some days like, this is really my life. Like, this yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. And I do not take it for granted. That's why I'm always humble, because it could be taken away. Yeah. What's the process of idea to opening? What's, the pro- what's all the stuff in between there? Um, I think oh, Brooklyn, right? So you, you think Brooklyn. Team. I found a spot to opening. What's going on? Okay, so the first thing that happens is we identify the spot. Yeah. Then the architect comes in and draws plans for the space. Once the plans are in, do you have the same architect for all of your, Mm -hmm. Oh wow. Okay. That's dope. So once the architect draws out the space and what it will look like, um, we approve the plans and we bring the GC in the GC takes it from there and does what he GC does Mm -hmm. and, um, builds up the space and they have their subcontractors and they do what they do. And then we talk about finishes. We talk about all this stuff, but what's happening now is because we're wash rinsing and repeating, everything is now starting to look the same minus the aesthetics. Right. And faster. I would imagine. Yes. And faster because we're buying everything in bulk. And then toward the end, my designer goes in and he designs the space. All of my slutty vegans look different. On purpose. Really? Yep. I, and I mm. wanted it like that. I wanted you to get the same overall experience, but many experiences with every single location that you go into. Got it. Got it. Yeah. In your mind, your expectation timeline of, okay, this is the one it's opening. What do you? Six weeks. Six weeks. Huh? Six weeks. No, not from the time you have the idea and build it out and all that. Six weeks. They're building Slitty Vegans in six weeks? Really? Six weeks. It took me two years for this job. <laughs> Yo, six weeks. Six weeks. That's why it's important to have a good team. Uh, let me tell you what I learned talking to the entrepreneurs again. A good team will save you years of headache and heartache. Oh, my gosh. You have the right people. Life will feel beautiful. You have the wrong people. Life is going to feel like a damn pain in the ass. You can have an idea, f- identify a location, 
get it, and you would ex- like you can open that joint in six weeks. There's so many moving parts. You got the operation team that are doing the operational thing while the restaurant is being built. You got the designer that's building out the uh, the aesthetics in the studio and then bringing it to the space. You got the person who's putting up the sign that's getting the sign permits all at the same time. Then you got um, us who are calling the city, make sure that we got the proclamation. Then we got a whole grand opening team that's doing the whole grand opening experience. Everybody is working at the same time at the same exact time. Mm. And that then we have this big celebration and the location is open and on to the next. Uh. And every time we do it, it keeps getting better and better better the longer i talk to you the more i'm impressed (laughs) like i really am just impressed and the longer i talk to you the more this hundred million dollar valuation and my idea of you becoming like the first billionaire that i've watched go from not being a billionaire like somebody yo you were the first person i ever booked remember in 2019 i booked you for um an interview this is before i was interviewing so i had coriel do the interview Mm -hmm. he was the first person so like I hold on to that and uh, I, I brag to my friends. It. You know what I mean? So I really appreciate it. <laughs> and thank you for allowing me to jump on your platform. Absolutely. Because every oppor- move. <laughs> every opportunity that I get to be able to tell my story and talk to the people is another opportunity for people to learn who I am. Yes. As an entrepreneur. Man, I am honored. Look, man, we got to get out of here. Uh, it was longer than exp- I saw. I tried to keep it 60 minutes. I couldn't. Okay. It was just too good. But, okay, uh, I got on this question. <laughs> so up? which interview did you enjoy better? The last one or this one? This one. Oh, great. And I love that first one. Great. But I think it's, uh, I don't know. I'm getting a feeling of evolution. And I just need you to promise me that we'll be able to do another one. Anytime you call me. I will be here. Oh my gosh. As soon as you hit that billionaire status, which I don't think is going to be long. The number you have dialed. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will be here. I ain't going to win. Oh my gosh. Because yes. money don't move me. Mm. And I value true friendships. Yeah. And I love how you're moving and shaking with your platform. So Thank I'm you. always around. Thank you. You know what? You just put like some indirect pressure on me because I know you're going to be super successful. And I just got this, this feeling of like anxiety that, oh my gosh, I have to keep growing because I don't want Pinky Cole to look at me in a a year, two years, three years and say, what happened to that guy? Yeah. You literally just gave me some indirect pressure. I'm putting the pressure on you because I believe in you just as much as you believe in yourself. And I know that's a lot. So even in the moments where you feel like you want to be lazy, like, no, get your ass up. Mm. Like, it's time for us to get to work. I feel tired all the time sometimes. I told you I cried yesterday. I was telling mm. the truth. But I had to shake it off and get back to it. Yeah. Because bills got to get paid. People got to eat. Yeah. Success got to be made. Mm. Legacy has to be built. And in order for all those things to happen, I got to rise above every single challenge. I got to walk through every single closed door and I cannot give up just because I'm tired or I'm feeling lazy or I want to give up. So I'm encouraging you and empowering you and hazing you to keep going because we need people like Ava Shan to change the world. 
done. And that message was for you too. Okay, that's watching this. So Pinky, thank you so much. Um, just can you just let everybody know how they can find you or you know how they can support you, your nonprofit. Just tell everybody everything you got going on. And then you gotta close this out with a word of wisdom because it is a young Pinky Cole out there saying, I wanna be that, but they're in a bad relationship, they're going through anxiety. It it's something that's not letting them believe that they can have it. So let everybody know how they can support you and then close us out. You can find me in the A. No, <laughs> um, you can find me on social media, Slutty Vegan ATL on all social media handles. Um, Pinky907 is my personal page, which mm. by the way is just growing. I'm like, people actually, I come into my page. Um, but Pinky907 <laughs> on my personal pages. Um, if you want to learn more about the foundation and all the great things that we're doing, um, www.pinkygivesback and mm. Pinky Gives Back on all social handles um, or Google. We everywhere. Yeah, for sure. How to get the book? You can get the book. You can go online, Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, um, yeah. Gallery Books, like everywhere where they sell books, you can find us. I love it. Um, so yeah, just Google uh, Eat Plants Bitch and the, the, the book is available. I'm also going on tour, mm -hmm. um, Ticketmaster.com. The tour uh, kicks off November 14th in New York City and it ends in Baltimore, my hometown. Wow. Um, and there's going to be music, entertainment, all, all of the above. Um, and it's starting November 14th and you can get it at Ticketmaster.com. Now my advice. Talk to me. I'm ready. For entrepreneurs. We are in November. And for the people who have had all year, get it right. And for the people who have had all year and still couldn't get it right. We got a couple more days left in 2022. I don't want you to do nothing else but charge your battery. And when I say charge your battery, I need you to be still and get ready. Because when you charge that battery, what you're doing is you're getting in the mindset that you're about to change your mindset. Mm -hmm. And when you change that mindset, that means that you're looking straight. You're not looking to the left. You're not looking to the right. You're removing old, stale, expired relationships. You are making new friendships. You are creating new energy around you. You are actually doing that business that you keep procrastinating about. And you're actually um, doing more on social media because you haven't been creating content. But what I want you to do right now is to charge up that battery because when January one hits, it's time to go. Yeah. And you got to be able to unplug and you got to run so fast that you are not looking behind you. You are not looking to the left and the right of you and whatever is in front of you. That's what you're chasing. That's what you're looking for. And I don't know what it is as long as it's not money. Mm. But make sure that you charge your battery up this year so that you can hit the ground running. 2023. Done deal. Listen, you cannot close it out no better than that. Listen, make, make sure you support everything that this powerful black entrepreneur is doing and don't support her because she, she's black. Support her because she's amazing and she's an inspiration to us all, okay? So make sure you support and go get you some social proof, meaning go build something. But you have to remember how you build it. You got to document the process, but come back to your community and teach them how you did it. It's the only way our community grows. All right, and I have to tell here. you something. Yes. I'm pregnant. Like I'm lying. That was oh, okay. <laughs> okay, show's over. <laughs> <That was it. laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.